As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here as usual with my good buddy, N7, the legend, the legendary N7, the legend of all N7s, N7 of Legendarium. Welcome back to the show, buddy. How you doing? Hey, hey, how's it going? Um, I'm doing okay. Uh, and fun fact for anyone who's just turning in or tuning into the Lorecast now instead of our earlier episodes, I've had a few name changes. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> uh, way back in the day, uh, meaning like about a year ago i was <laughs> kung fu kangaroo but then you know i realized when we started this lore cast maybe i should go back to the online alias i used for a while in seven legend and of course when i tried to make accounts with that in seven legend was already taken uh so i should have never changed my name back um but yeah i had to go with in seven the legend so now i'm the legend that's true in seven the legend that's but true i'm doing great yeah well good well I'm, I'm glad you're here and hey man we've got a full house tonight because we have the second part of a very special episode what are we talking about today buddy uh we're going to be discussing the uh second part of what we started last week which was the best squad mate loyalty missions who has the best one and maybe who doesn't have the best one who whose squad mate loyalty mission maybe falls a little short yes yes and with us to discuss this because it is the end of the month it's the end of october or as i like to call it spooptober because it is the best of all months it's spoopy time we have uh, a host of a a considerable group of our patrons gathered together and i'm just going to go through the order as they are on our screen we have turbo toboggan back with us turbo welcome to the show buddy how you doing hey hey turbo's got some red hair he's ready to talk squad mates loyalty missions welcome back we also have lena 
Welcome back to the show. Hi there. How's it going? Going good. Going good. And Hool the Fool is back as well. Ooh, Hool the Fool is in a the dark void of a room. I just didn't feel like turning on my living room lights. I like it. I like it. It's very moody in there. How you doing, buddy? Yeah. I'm good. How are you, man? Good. Doing good. And Sarah is here as well with the cat ears. As usual. Hi. Hey, hey, how's it going? And Teacup. Teacup, welcome back. Hey. And Blunter. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Man, this is going to be an exciting episode. So let's just start digging in. I think we should start with Turbo Toboggan here because I know, Turbo, you've only got so much time before you have to head out. So why don't you kick kick us off, buddy? What do you think about loyalty missions and what's your favorite? I'm biased to Tally because she's my girl, but um, trying to think. I, I, I really don't have one favorite. I usually have one per game. Okay. Okay. And stuff. Um, like my favorite one from Mass Effect 2 is uh, uh, Legions. Oh. Mm, good choice. <laughs> Because just it's like the thought, like 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 brainwashing or like it, the, the way what, what what it makes you think is what I like about it and stuff. Okay, yeah. and as a, as a recap for everyone, uh, Legion's loyalty mission, I believe in Mass Effect Two, was deciding whether or not to rewrite the heretics or to just destroy them. And the heretics were, of course, the Geth, who were considering the Reapers as, as gods and following them instead of uh, basically allying with the old consensus of the Geth. Uh, you could say that it was a cult-like following within the Geth um, network. Yeah. I liked having Legion in Mass Effect 2 as part of my party because I always felt that it was a little bit dangerous, you know? Because everybody warned you about him. They're like, I don't know about that guy. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. He's cool. And also you get to freak everyone out by walking around with a guess. I know. Yes. You know, I'm not going to lie. Um, when I first started playing Mass Effect and on my first playthrough of Mass Effect 2, I was much younger. So my general thought, thought process was, oh, hell yeah, badass robot sniper guy. I'm definitely bringing him. <laughs> <laughs> right that was it was that and that was it like i was just like yeah that guy's pretty boss i'm gonna bring him along right and there's part of me that was like there's no way they're gonna give me this guy as a companion and then screw me over like something something cool has to happen right right i mean that would have been a total total like you know amazing m night Shyamalan twist if they did screw you over that way yeah like that's true an amazing like i trusted you moment that's true that's true let's open this up did any of you guys have any expectations that like you would go on some sort of quest with him like maybe even this quest and things would go south I, I just, sorry go ahead i was just gonna say that's one of the things that is kind of like missing from mass effect is like companion betrayal yeah like there's no companion that really turns on you. Right. Right. I mean, there are a few that you kind of think might him yeah. being one of them. Um, I don't know who else, who else do you think w- w- could potentially, I mean, there's a few like, that 
Yazahid. Like, like if you choose not to go after that guy and you piss him off, like I could picture right then him getting so mad. You're like, that's not what I, you you said. You're gonna help me. So, but then he pulls his gun out, and then you have to make a decision. Hmm. Yeah, there's a few that seem like dangerous enough, or kind of I don't know, shaky enough that you uh, Jack maybe. Like, what if you what if you just pick the wrong things enough times, and she just kind of goes off the deep end? Yeah, Jack is a loose cannon, especially before you complete her loyalty mission. Mm-hmm. I feel like her loyalty mission really, I don't know, uh, calms her down or at least allows her to trust Shepard a little bit more. Um, and understandably so, because, you know, that's Shepard taking a hardline stance against Cerberus in that one. Right. Um, um, I think yeah. I think even somebody like Miranda, there's the potential of like, what if what if the game had led you into a stance that had led you against uh cerberus like what if you had taken a hardline stance against cerberus and then she had to stick to the plan or something and yeah you know yeah and and i wonder if that that conversation where you have an argument basically fighting for miranda's loyalty or jack's loyalty does that happen if you're female shepherd because i actually never played through mass effect 2 as a female shepherd yet so Oh, it does happen. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. not all about romance then, because of mm-hmm. course, as a female, you can't romance Miranda or Jack. Mm-hmm. No. I've been so annoyed if they made them fight over a boy. That would have been so dumb. I'm glad they added it for fem- female shepherd too. I was as a female shepherd. I was kind of hoping there was a romance option for one of them. and There just wasn't. <laughs> Jack you was know, supposed to be pansexual actually, but they scrapped that. I wonder why. Um, <laughs> It seems like that would have fit with Jack's character. Uh, but, you know, I I am, I guess, happy to hear that it wasn't a romance-like dependent uh, event that happened because it makes far more sense in the lore for that situation to erupt regardless of what happened. Yeah, yeah. Turbo, do you have any other thoughts on Legion? Um... I also, uh, yes, I, I like, there is some good things like you, you can take and we, if you wait through Tally's loyalty mission, you take Legion with you to do your loyalty mission. It does create some, uh, waves there. That's true. Yeah. And, and in fact, I think if you time it right, there's a very specific sequence of events that you have to do in order to bring Legion with you to Tally's loyalty mission. And it does result in some unique dialogue. Not as much as I would have hoped, uh, but I'm not gonna spoil anything when it comes to the exact lines that are delivered. If you're curious, but don't wanna play through it, um, they've got tons of YouTube videos on it. Interesting, yeah, Switch in Bed says it's the best. So it's probably worth looking up, unless you wanna do a whole playthrough just to get to that spot. <laughs> Cool. I feel like it's the best way to tally's companion is when you bring Legion with you. I feel like it adds an extra thing to the whole ordeal that's happening with that companion mission. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Anyone else have any comments on Tally or Legion's loyalty missions? No. All right. Well, let's. Um... Let's move on. We, we, we'll, I think what we'll do is we'll kind of move from one person to the next. 
so that we make sure everybody has time to chime in. And then if we have some time at the end, we'll kind of carry on with some other stuff. So Lena, why don't we move on with you? What do you think? Which companion um, mission? Maybe like I, I wanted to take Tally's. Then I was like, okay, everyone is gonna take Tally's mission because I don't know. It's simply the best mission. Then I wanted to take Thanes. Then I had to, like, maybe I'm a little bit biased, I guess. Like, I don't know, because I romance and I don't know. <laughs> so um, I wanted to take Samara's mission because it's very, it's very short. I like that it's basically, like, um, non-action-based, that you, like... I don't know, you, as a shepherd, you go into this club, you have, there's very mundane aspects of shepherd going into a club, but of course he or she is not going in there to like party, have a good time. He or she is actually going in there to prevent an Adat Yakshi from like causing more harm than she already did. And um, I don't know, like I, like that you go into this club and you have these little tasks that you have to do like for example you can dance with an asari and the the conversation beforehand is so awkward i absolutely love it and you can also for example stop a turian from harassing uh, sexually harassing actually an asari dancer and like quick shout out to the mass effect wiki because they are calling this kind of behavior soliciting i very much disagreed this is not soliciting this is very much harassment <laughs> or you can go into the club and like uh, prevent a journalist from digging deeper into some information and it's it's not the more in Samara relationship I like about it. It's much like the talking, the little tasks. And I mean, many loyalty missions is just you going on a planet and like shooting the place up. So I appreciate Samara's loyalty mission for being a lot of talking, I guess. Yeah, it's immersive. It's definitely immersive. And I think you, you really hit the nail on the head with that one because it's not just about Samara, but those types of missions, I agree, make it feel like, you know, this galaxy, this, this world uh, game universe is real because it introduces these side plot lines that are going on simultaneously as Shepard's life and Shepard's missions are, you know, the whole universe isn't revolving around Shepard's mission, even though it is of galactic significance. You know what I mean? There's other things going on at the same time. So I agree completely there. Does anyone else have any thoughts on that one? Doesn't seem like it. Tom, did you ever do Samara's loyalty mission? You know, I'm trying to remember. I tried to do all of them in Mass Effect 2. So I'm pretty sure I did. But... It was a while ago. I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank on what exactly yeah. happens in it. So, so basically, uh, as a recap for uh, listeners and anyone who's a little fuzzy on the details, from what I remember, Samara's daughter is a Ardayashi, someone who mm. murders people through uh, basically intercourse. <laughs> when they mind meld, it fries the other person's nervous system. 
and so they die. Um, and the, the particularly dangerous thing about Ardat Yakshis is that for some of them, the desire for that power becomes insatiable. So they become a natural serial killer. Uh, and it just so happens that uh, one of uh, Samar's daughters is such a serial killer. So the goal is to track her down and bring her to justice, quote unquote. That's what Samara calls it, of course. Um, but you do uh, track her down to Omega, to a club in Omega, and basically Shepard plays the bait. Shepard lures her out and and pretends to be the target, you know, and then uh, Morinth, uh, Samara's daughter, uh, although that's not her real name, uh, she comes out of, uh, you know, hiding and then, you know, sees Shepard, lures Shepard back to her quarters, you know, and uh, tries to make her move. And you can actually choose between Samara and Morinth, and you can actually recruit Morinth to be on your squad in Mass Effect 2. So you can have an Ardot Yakshi on your squad. Although, if I remember the statistics right, that's a very rare choice not many people make. And I don't believe that you can recruit Morinth in Mass Effect 3. I think she shows up as a Banshee. Uh, so hmm. it's 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 quite the turn of events there. Um, but yeah, that's a yeah. brief. Uh, I, re- I remember this now as, as, as now that you've summarized it. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I was not one of the ones who picked Morinth. So yeah. Man, deadly sex, <laughs> fatal attraction, fatal attraction in Mass Effect, literally. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know what else so, to say about that one. <laughs> well, Samara's loyalty mission is—it's uh, pretty awesome, and it comes full circle in Mass Effect Three uh, when you meet them on the monastery planet, where they uh, basically keep all of the Ardayakshi away from the rest of the world. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's Samara's loyalty mission. Uh, who? How about you? Who's uh, your favorite loyalty mission? Mine would have to be Mass Effect 3's Garrus one. Because you know for the whole time that like Garrus and Shepard are like best buds or lovers if you're a female Shepard. But if you're the male one, you're like best friends, but you never actually see them like they're the true buddy buddy in Mass Effect 1 or 2 until Mass Effect 3 when you guys do the shooting competition on the Citadel and he does the line, uh, I'm Garrus Vicarian and this is my favorite spot on the Citadel, blah, 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 making fun of you for all your ads in Mass Effect 2. That actually, I felt like, showed how good friends they were finally from that scene. You just all, you heard about it, but you never actually saw them being buddy buddy. So that'd probably be my favorite loyalty mission. Yeah, right on, right on. And, and, you know, I actually just played through that one on stream not too long ago. And I didn't realize that it doesn't give you multiple opportunities for Garrus to make the shot instead. Uh, and so it's if you do renegade option right off the bat and you decide to challenge Garrus, he just drops it there and he's like, OK, why? Fine. You know, whatever. You made the shot. Like Shepard still racing. You actually did the shot. You didn't let him do it himself. No, I, I felt like a real dick. Uh, oh, I gotta be dick honest. Move, come on. <laughs> real dick. Real dick. TM. I wanted to. I wanted to go go back and forth with him a little bit, but he just like dropped it right there, and I'm like, oh god, I wish I didn't do that. That's a comic waiting to be made. <laughs> Sorry, Garris. I'm take the shot. Real dick. Trademark. <laughs> you make it like a new achievement when you take the shot. Like. 
Boom. Real dick. Real dick. 100 gamer score. Real dick move. <laughs> True 20, renegade. 20, 20 points. <laughs> yeah, True you can't renegade. achieve the perfect ending if you do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> You've achieved universal harmony in the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Garrus's yeah, Garrus's buddy buddy 1 and 3 is it's it's a it's like the completion of the mentor mentee story arc in my opinion we get so often especially for male ship who's unable to romance garris we we get so often this sense that garris is the prodigy like the prodigy or the protege uh and studies underneath shepherd and is constantly being guided by shepherd's morality whatever you decide that to be for your shepherd and uh it can really take garris one of two ways right throughout his loyalty missions and there's one in one which not many people know about and then there's one in two of course and then there's this one in three so you can lead him down this destructive path of revenge as your shepherd or you can instead basically get him to calm down and see the bigger picture and say take the higher road you know um and so this this final one i think is the 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 crucial point at which garris can realize his potential or not and it depends on whether you're willing to let him make that shot which i did not <laughs> what's his loyalty mission in one so there's a doctor who was basically harvesting organs by growing extra organs inside of people. Dr. Hart in Mass Effect 1. <laughs> Dr. And Hart. Dr. Hart. Yes, I know that was the pun was really on, on the nose on that one. Extra on the beak. Organs. <laughs> on the nose holes. Um, and basically he gets away from the citadel and it always bugs garris that he got away uh, so you track him down and you can allow garris to kill him give him some vigilante justice right there or you can tell him you know let let him see uh see the inside of jail for the rest of his life let it go garris let it go i actually really don't like garris's loyalty mission in two because mm. a lot of the loyalty missions in two focus on like these familial ties, Jacob and his father, Tamara and Lawrence, you know, Miranda and her father and her sister, like all these familial ties, Tally and her father. And so it's just a really missed opportunity to explore the Vicarian family. So they decided to not do that, maybe to give variety, but we know from one that, that, Garris's father does not approve of him leaving CSET. So I would have liked something that like dealt with that tension. Mm, yeah. And they would have had to address it before three, of course, because in three, there's the whole dialogue where you find out that Garris's family is likely in pretty, pretty bad danger on Palapin. So yeah, it would have had to been decided before then. And, and I actually agree with teacup here. I think that Garris's, loyalty mission in two was kind of a cop-out i know that this you know i think his name was sedonis um he needed to be dealt with right because of the betrayal that he gave to garris and garris's entire squad dying um shortly before shepherd meets up with garris aka archangel in mass effect 2 um I know that this bugs Garrus and it, and, it, and it kills him inside because he feels like, you know, he let the squad down. He's the reason that they died. Uh, but the thing is that 
it feels the the way that they executed it in Mass Effect 2, it feels so like what is that mission you know you run gunning through a, a warehouse you get to harken who is still a drunk asshole <laughs> after the first game and then you basically wrench it at a harken you can choose to go good cop or bad cop but either way you get the the info out of harken where sedonis is and then garris sets up a fake meeting with sedonis so that Shepard distracts Sedonis while Garrus lines up a shot. It just feels very duplicitous and scummy, you know? Uh, it doesn't feel good, in my opinion. Like, it, that's one loyalty mission where you don't, at least for a Paragon ship, I don't see how you could go through with it. Yeah, I agree. It has... It, yes. <laughs> I think the word is... Um... I don't know. I'm losing words tonight. I think that you, no matter what you choose, you're pulling one over on somebody. Yeah. It, yeah. It's yeah, not, exactly. there's nothing straightforward about it. There's no straight, honest path. The disappointing thing too, is that there's no real option before the mission for, for Shepard to step in and be like, Garrus, hold on. No, this is not right. You know, like this is, you're not going to do this. This is not right. This is not how my squad does things. You know, we're going to maybe we can arrest him, bring him to justice, but we're not doing this. It feels out of character for Paragon Sheps to go along with it that far until the very end and then have a change of heart. Like, oh, you know, I can't really set up this cold blood murder. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I I see a few of our patrons shaking their heads. Yes. Um, So if anyone agrees and has any other thoughts, let's hear them. My only other thought about it was I, with all the external media, like comics, books, I feel like the two years that Garrus was Archangel is such a missed opportunity for an expanded storyline because I mean, I guess that's why we're supposed to excuse his behavior in two with the loyalty mission in the first one, where you have the option to let him shoot Dr. Hart. I guess you can say, all right, it's an easy path two years after, you know, he's been living this vigilante Batman life except killing people unlike Batman (laughs) and like, you know, (laughs) and then you're, you're like, okay, it's maybe more understandable that now he's at this point where he's willing to just revenge shoot his supposedly best friend para family member with his squad, you know, but I, I love what teacup said. I think it would have been so much more impactful if instead you were mending his relationship with his dad or something, because we know enough about his dad to know that he's like the uptight, perfect cop on the Citadel and Garrus is a terrible cop. So like, you know, and then he completely went and became a criminal, at least in his dad's eyes. And it would have been a lot better. It felt really fake. And I exactly what you said, Sam, about you can make him not kill Sedonis, but it feels so weird because you're just like, okay, I'm fine with it. And then he goes to shoot him and you just stand in his way. And then he'll just all of a sudden be like, you know what? You're right. Thank you for not letting me kill him. And it just feels really sudden. And I, such a bummer because I, I love Garrus. I'm sure you all know that by now. So I, I wish they would have done that a little bit better. Yeah, it's a total moral of the story type of, you know, change of heart right there at the end uh, where it's like that. That didn't seem reasonable <laughs> that everyone would change their perception on a dime like that just because Shepard refused to get out of the way. You know what, buddy? I'm glad you stood in front of me and made me rethink my 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 murderous agenda right at the last moment. 
Thanks for Thanks being for my pal. How much of an ass I am. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. just feel like though if every loyalty quest in Mass Effect 2 was family based, we'd be having a different conversation going, man, everything in Mass Effect 2 is family. Right. Why can't we do something else other than mending people's relationships? Right. Right. And Dom you'd end up with happy. memes on the internet about like family effect. <laughs> yeah. No. Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Years before. Right. Yeah, well, um, you know, with Garrus, they they had a, they had a few opportunities. I think, of course, it's limitless possibilities because of the writing, but they easily could have done something where Garrus took the hardline approach and was overly punitive to maybe one of the petty criminals that he had come across in those two years. And maybe he had to make amends with that. You know, he had to actually ask for forgiveness. I think that would have been a, like a pretty wholesome type of uh, moving character development for him. Or, or had made the wrong call and accidentally killed somebody and had to go make reparations to their family. Exactly. Or something yep. like that, you know, killed the wrong person or, you know, who knows? There are a lot of other options you could have gone down. Yeah, and who knows? You know, if that if that had been the loyalty mission, what happens after that one? Does is is Garrus more trigger shy now? Mm-hmm. Is he afraid to pull the trigger too early now? Right. Um, that would have been some interesting dynamic development. Um, but yeah, uh, teacup. I know that you said you didn't like Garrus's mission. Whose mission did you really like? So I'm torn between two. Um, I really like, well, I like Fane's recruitment mission just because going up through the, that's like from a gameplay wise, that's really fun for me. I really, really like Morden's loyalty mission. I think that Hmm. as the games go, it really sets up. I think it's one of the best like character arcs that sets up from the moment you get him. He tells you, Oh, I worked on the genophage to where you can get him on the end where you can either have him, you know, repeat history and continue to sabotage the cure or make the ultimate sacrifice to undo basically what he did. And I just, there's a lot, it just feels like a lot of weight behind that in that story. And I like that. Yeah, I agree with you. I was going to wait until the end to say this, but Morden's loyalty mission is probably my favorite as well uh, because of the massive lore implications that it has. Uh, It is probably one of the most lore-heavy missions that there is, if you can compare them that way. There's a a lot of weight behind that, right? There's a lot of like, oh, he, he had a lot to do with very important things. Oh yeah, he you know this this is a character whose direct actions have impacted the entire galaxy immeasurably. You know, he worked on modifying the genophage. So not only did he work on continuing a forced sterilization program, but he worked on a program where he had to juggle the like and and kind of suppress the uh, moral you know issues that might arise from not just not just you know continuing it but altering it to to make it stay effective because the krogan dna was overcoming it 
Uh, so you have a species that's naturally overcoming a plight so that they can actually give birth at the same, you know, eventually at the same rate that they're supposed to. But this is, it's not like they overcame all of it. It, it, it was still hard for them to give birth to live, uh, uh, to have viable births anyway. Uh, but Morden actually addresses some of the demons in his past in in that mission and he continues to address them in mass effect three uh, so yeah it, it sets it up it sets it up for morden's character development in three perfectly i was about to say i think morden's loyalty mission is one of the only ones that has a direct consequence for the main story mission in the next game too like if you save his his data eve can live and you know, if you, if Rex survived also, they can have like a cute, happy little family at the end of the game. Um, and I don't think other, other than earning the loyalty to ensure the companion's survival, I don't think another loyalty mission has external impact the way that Morden's does. Pally of Legion would be the only close one. You're right. That one too. Yeah, right on. Those those three have such massive implications. Absolutely massive. Um, but Blunter, uh, um, what do you think? Well, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on? Hold on. Do you have any other thoughts on uh, Morden? Because we got to take a break and thank our patrons before we go on with the rest of you guys. Because we've got oh, yes. Blunter back. Mid-break. Blunter, and then we also have Sovereign who snuck in and is on voice only and is sneaking around in the vents. Um, so. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Morden before we we move on to our middle of the show break? Yeah, I mean, kind of just uh, everyone else's sentiment on it. Like, it's obviously huge in terms of the lore, and you know, watching Morden slowly over the course of those two games, kind of realize that, like, oh wow, m- maybe this wasn't the right thing to do. Um, because if I remember correctly, I, you know, when you first meet him in Mass Effect Two, he's still fairly confident he's done the right thing he said no no you don't understand we had to do it we had to do it and then you know by his loyalty mission of mass effect 3 you know he's come full circle and gone you know what no like i did this i'm the one that's got to fix it too character development amazing yeah yeah (laughs) sam just made an exploding brain uh, motion for those of you who are listening yeah. can't can't see hand motions. Um, yeah. yeah, good point. Lightning. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, solid point. Um, yeah, interesting one. Well, here let's take a break and let's go thank our patrons, including you guys, and we'll be right back with more about loyalty missions. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, They emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chews 
loses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal, and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing. <laughs> For some reason, that always cracks me up. Um, welcome to the middle of the show. This is where I get to thank you guys right here and all 41 of our patrons. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Sam and I very much appreciate it. You help us do this every single week and we we can't say thank you enough. So I guess thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes. 100 billion times. Um, this is also the part of the show where we get to call out our Shepherd tier patrons. So that includes Blaze Freezer, Pipe Man, Sovereign, and Stagger and Stumble. Thank you so much for supporting the show at that tier where you get called out every time. And also thank you to all of our N7 operatives who also can join us at the end of every month, including these guys and all 41 of our other patrons. And if we have done anything to help you get through your work day, your workouts, your driving to work or gorging on all the all the candy you got for Halloween, because when you're eating all that candy, you got to do something with your ears. So you're putting in those podcasts and those ear holes, then, uh, you know, maybe go over to patreon.com slash Mass Effect Lorecast and check out all the different tiers and all the different things you can get, including t-shirts because those are available too now and stickers and go take a look because there's some there for you guys only for patrons. Never going to see them anywhere else. And once they're off the Patreon, because they're going to cycle through each of those shirts that you're going to see on there, then they will never be anywhere else. And there'll be some new shirts on there and then those are going to cycle through. So make sure you get them while they're up there. And just go take a look, see if you think there's anything you guys want. And that's all, that's all I got to say for today. That's it. So why don't we move on with the rest of the show? Because we got more more stuff to talk to these guys about. So here we go. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. I don't actually recommend spending large amounts of time eating lots of candy. That's probably really bad for your health. Yeah, I mean, you could also just fill the time avoiding family time with with our lore cast if you wanted, you know. You could do that. <laughs> Let's say the in-laws are in town and you need to mm -hmm. drown out some noise. You could tell um, them, hey, I ate too much candy. I need to go to the bathroom for about... Mm, an hour and 10 minutes or however long the episode happens to be that week and just put on your you put in your earphones and just like hang out in the bathroom for an hour i gotta be honest if i was in the bathroom for an hour and a half i don't think people would think i was listening to a podcast <laughs> what do they what would they think you're doing sam suggestive things unspeakable things like what things Sam? that things that were were really only made graphic in the fourth iteration of mass effect mass effect andromeda what things take you an hour and a half to do in a bathroom sam oh you know look for uh 
Presidium fish. <laughs> Wait, you have fish in your bathroom? I'm going to keep on pushing this until it gets more and more awkward. He's, he's gonna, right, he's, yeah, I, we... think we, I really think we should. There's so many different places we could take this. And I think we all want to see. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just keep on. Right here. Let's just keep coming. <laughs> this episode is called Make in Seven Squirm. Yes. Well, hey, man, you, you brought it here. You brought it here. I'm just I'm just making sure we go all the way to the end of this of this section before we move on to the next one. Um, but OK, fine. We'll move on. So um, Blunter, I think it was your turn. What would you do in the bathroom for an hour? To, no, OK, we're not in that. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, we're not going back there. Let's talk. Let's talk. <laughs> I know what I would do. I would join a podcast and uh, a Patreon only podcast. It would be very echoey, though. So I hope that you're the person singing on the podcast because you'd have some really nice natural acoustics going on in the bathroom. Uh, so anyway, bl- Blunder, <laughs> which uh, which quest are we talking about with you? What do you think? Uh, you know what? I uh, I really liked uh, Kasumi's actually in Mass Effect 2. Um, I actually only played through it for the first time, actually, uh, when I did the Legendary Edition playthrough. I played through Mass Effect 2 a ton, but I always just kind of like, you know, grabbed it out of the box, physical disc, and I had just never really gotten a bunch of DLC for it. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it was kind of awesome to kind of get semi-new content, at least to me, uh, in the Legendary Edition. And yeah, I kind of just enjoyed the change of pace. Like a couple of people have mentioned that a lot of the uh, loyalty missions are just like complete running guns, which is great. Uh, but I like Kasumi's as well because it's kind of like the heist, right? Like you got to find things, there's timers, like there's that weird art gallery in the basement that's super creepy. Um, yeah, I just kind of like change of pace. And like I said, I only got to play through it for the first time a couple months ago. Nice. N7? Um, I feel like N7 usually chimes in here, so I'm, I'm leaving sorry, space. Sorry, I was... I was active in chat uh, for a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. And you know, I was, I've been thinking about which ones I, I haven't liked and it's actually been pretty tough for me to decide on which squad made loyalty mission was the best. I, of course, I already said that I liked, um, Morden's squad mate loyalty mission. Um, but all the ones that stood out to me and perhaps because I was only thinking about mass effect Two. All the ones that stood out to me were ones that I didn't like. Uh, for ex- prime example, and I was going to type this in in chat, but uh, prime example is Miranda's Miranda's loyalty mission. Um, maybe it makes me sound like a typical, you know, insensitive, detached gamer, right? Uh, but who bro, cares, bro gamer? <laughs> but well, honestly, you know, with Miranda's loyalty mission, who cares? Like. This is a family issue. Why is Shepard involved in this? Like, this is something that you should deal with your family. Like, call social services. What the hell? <laughs> there are better people to deal with this than Commander Shepard, who is trying to save the galaxy. Is that what you have to say about this? He is not a licensed social worker. He's a lot of things. He can survive in the harshest environments in the entire galaxy, but he is not a licensed social worker. I mean, at this point in the story, he's not even really good friends with her, even. That's the thing. Right. It's like, hey, I know I just like met you and this is crazy, but save my <laughs> sister, maybe. Right. Like, hey... Ooh. 
we're kind of working together because we have to. We're not even really that close. I don't know if we even really trust each other yet, but let's just do this thing. This a, you know what? This is a good team building activity. <laughs> Why don't you just get deeply involved with my family's personal matters? Can right. you imagine asking your coworker to do something along those lines months into knowing them? <laughs> Yeah. Well, for Miranda, she's like obsessed about Shepard for the last two years, so maybe it doesn't feel that way to her. I will also say that it's kind of hypocritical of her. She's so professional, and I'm just so put together. And then she's like, actually, wait, my clone sister really <laughs> needs to be rescued. Please help me. My clone sister. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, my total badass clone sister, not quite as badass as I am right now. Please help. Yeah, and not to mention the fact that Miranda is kind of like the ultimate HR boss. After you defeated every boss in HR, you get to Miranda. <laughs> She's the ultimate Karen. You're right. Yeah, kind of. I kind of went there in my head too. <laughs> She's the yeah, queen Karen. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's why I just didn't care for her loyalty mission that much. Um, but, but she has such a nice butt. Didn't you notice it in all those panning shots? Oh, you care about her now? That's, oh, you know, no. No, I still don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I don't. <laughs> right, right. No, um, I, I feel like I've probably upset some Miranda fans out there. Uh, and if I have, I don't care. No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, I am sorry that I upset you if, if my comments about her loyalty mission being lacking uh, really struck a nerve. But... Um, I'm sure that people could attack my favorite characters too, and then I would be hurt. But yeah, I feel yeah. like we kind of sidetracked the Kasumi conversation, though. Um, Blunter, is there is there anything else specific about the Kasumi mission that makes it really stand out for you? Uh, yeah, I actually found myself like kind of surprisingly moved by the ending again, considering how I'd never played through it before that, you know, like, uh, it had kind of been implied that the person you're looking for was like, might've been more than a friend, but it was kind of just a professional associate. And then like, you see that slideshow go through and you're like, Oh wow. Okay. Uh, and then also the message from him being like, you know, like, I know you, you're going to keep this, you're going to get hung up on it. Like, I want you to delete this because I know you and then having to try and have that conversation with her. Like I was just kind of surprised for additional content, just kind of how hefty it was at points. Mm. It was moving. It was moving because it was like, um, I don't know if anyone else has seen this movie, but eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. It was that kind of moral conundrum of, is it better to have loved and lost or never to have loved at all? Right. Um, and, can should you and can you if you can should you willingly give up the memories of someone that you've lost um and when i say memories i'm not saying that we're going to kasumi's brain and, and rewriting things i'm just saying these these semi-tangible things where kasumi could hold on to a person that's no longer here um the best I guess uh, reference or cross reference you could make to today's world is if you've lost someone and all you have left are photos or voicemails from them uh, and you hold on to them, you know, are you really, are you, are you moving on or are you just refusing to let go? Um, 
So it's, and it's not a question that anyone can tell you the answer to. It's something that you have to decide for yourself, I think. And that's what Shepard tells Kasumi. And, and to touch a little bit more on that, not only is Kasumi's loyalty mission, a really dope James Bond type mission, <laughs> it's, it's also heavy, heavy in the sci-fi because of what you said, uh, Blunter. Um, so I like that aspect of it too, because it's the, it's very much, it's almost like cyberpunk their like cyberpunky aesthetic there at the end and 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 in theme that you know there's this gray box where kg lives but you know should should you get rid of it and can does is that shepherd overstepping shepherd's bounds and yeah like the whole like someone's living virtually basically mm-hmm. and is it ending a life to tell them to get rid of them you know that kind of thing yeah i i appreciated the heavy sci-fi aspect of it Tico. Um, I would be remiss to not mention that Kasumi's mission contains one of the only Dragon Age Easter eggs in all of Master Effect. Uh, Mass Effect. In the art vault, there is a statue of a Darkspawn ogre. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. And Kasumi's loyalty mission is one of the only sources that we have to learn about the politics and history of Earth shortly before Shepard was born. So there's this gap of time where, you know, like up until the present time at that time was like 2007 when Mass Effect 1 was released. So b- between 2007 and 2000, like, you know, 2183, that we don't really know much about Earth's history or politics or what happened there. But there are some codex entries that come from Kasumi's loyalty mission specifically where we do learn about that. And I can't wait to dig into that on another Lorecast episode. Uh, but there's some super interesting material there. Not going to spoil it. Not going to preempt our own episode. So. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. Hul, you were raising your hand too. Is there something you wanted to chime in with? <clears throat> yeah, it's off topic, but was Kasumi's DLC paid for in the beginning of Mass Effect? Or was it included in like that Cerberus network thing? Like, uh, I forgot the guy's name. Zaid. I believe it was uh, coupled with Zaid's content. Yeah, it was, it was uh, DLC I'm- content because I didn't originally play through it when I when I uh, got the game before the DLC came out. Yeah. Yeah. Zaid's content went hand in hand with Kasumi's. Um, I feel like Zaid should have been a Batarian, but that's a different, that's a different topic for another <laughs> he day. He gave off uh, Batarian vibes, even though he was human. It, it probably would have fit if he was. Yeah. So, uh, Genesis in chat here says that it's actually not part of the Xbox Game Pass version. Uh, Kasumi's is not. I guess you only get Zaid, which is interesting um, that they would draw the line there. Not really sure about that. And speaking of Zaid, he had another loyalty mission where at first glance, I would be not a fan of it. I'd say it's pretty static and it's like, here's just a dude who's hell bent on revenge and that's all this is. Um and it is all that is but i like the fact that shepherd can choose to do the right thing and then if the paragon renegade score is high enough at the end you can still save his loyalty because you can get him to quote unquote see the light um which is you know something that you should be able to do with every person if you have that high enough or low enough or high enough paragon or high enough renegade score get them to see the dark light get them to come to the dark side or see the light turn on that dark light 
you know what you're going to see when that happens. That's very, I'm getting huge Knights of the Republic uh, vibe right now, but Sovereign, uh, I'm so happy that you were able to make it. And uh, so let's move on to you. Uh, what is your favorite squad mates loyalty mission? What is your favorite color? Well, I was going to say Kasumi's because I found that gameplay pretty fun. And then I started sitting here thinking about all the uh, loyalty missions and how they fit into things. And it dawned on me, I think probably my favorite one has to be Dr. Chakwas. And the reason for that is if you're on a suicide mission, your number one priority has to be how can I get the doctor wasted? <laughs> Dr. Chakwas is an underrated uh, yeah. teammate. Definitely. Um, and it's I right feel like, like uh, it's right over like, you know, Samara saying, Hey, the only way to have a clear head on the suicide mission is if I kill my daughter. Pretty sure Shepard after that one slept with his fucking door locked. uh yeah uh there's a very cold killer vibe to samara where she's just totally okay murdering her own daughter um no qualms yeah just think about that you're shepherd and on your ship you have jacob who killed his dad then you have uh yeah samara killed his daughter let's see garris killed his ex-teammate what else we got going on here he basically just done a whole ship full of like ruthless killers murderers yeah yeah did yeah. Jacob no. kill his dad? I don't remember he him killing him. Okay. I thought he, uh, no, 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 no. Yo, I'm wrong. He, didn't he give him a gun to uh, kill himself? Yeah. See, this is why I need yeah. coffee. So but that's no, even I, darker. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I was going to say, I totally agree with Morden. I think out of all 12 of them, Morden's really is the one that has the biggest impact in the story. I mean, yeah, Kasu, or not Kasumi, what's her name? Uh, Tally and uh, Legion, maybe, but yeah, Morden definitely. Because yeah, Grunt, Grunt getting through his puberty doesn't really have much of an effect on the whole story as a whole. No, no, not 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 terribly, but it is fun. Yeah. Um, and puberty I do appreciate fun. about Morden's loyalty mission that Malin is one of the most on the nose approaches to the age old philosophical conundrum of do the ends justify the means in mass effect um and of course of course of course of course the paragon shep thing to say is the ends don't justify the means but i like that they the writers turned it on its head there the whole series because if you say the ends don't justify the means i don't care get rid of this data you're not going to have the happiest ending like it's it's pretty hard to have the happiest possible outcome if you do that um but that's good. And I think that that reflects a level of reality in the game that doing the right thing is not always going to get you happy butterflies. And, you know, doing the right thing is not always going to um, make things the easiest for you in life. And it shouldn't. Um, otherwise, it would hold no value. But, yeah, I, I do like the fact that the writers implemented very clearly a system of morality where... You know, you can choose to have that be the hill that you die on, but indeed it could be the hill that you die on. Why do we always end up dying on hills? (laughs) You know, uh, dying in valleys would probably suck a little more. Yeah. I want to die on a freaking mountain. (laughs) It is the visual, right? You know, you're on the top of the hill fighting (laughs) off the people coming on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Yeah. I, I, I understand. I just, you know. If I'm going to die on something, it's going to be a mountain. Sovereign, do you have any 
loyalty missions that you detest? Um, probably. Hang on. Uh, Jax really annoyed me the first time I ever did it, my very first time playing it, because I didn't realize you had to have a really high Renegade or Paragon at the end of it to keep both Jack and Miranda. I found that really annoying. Um, just looking at all of them now, trying to think which one I hated the most. Yeah, yeah. You, that's a hard, that's a hard one to do. answer. It's not, uh, I don't really think any of them I really disliked. Yeah, maybe I'm the only one with the strong dislike of um, of Miranda's loyalty mission. But again, that one had some it. that one had some fun interrupts. That was about it. That's all I went going for it. Yes, it did. It definitely perpetuated the grittiness that was present in Mass Effect Two. Uh, definitely, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much um, how I feel about most of the squad mates ones you know i have i have these nitpicky things that i can say uh but overall all of these squad mate loyalty missions added something to the game i, I don't mm -hmm. think that i wasted my time with any of them no i agree and they all get all, like they all get, did they all get cool gear we got that we got that aspect right well and here's a fun question to kind of wrap things up who got the best gear upgrade after a loyalty mission, Garrus. Garrus, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he loses. He actually gets a new armor, right? Like it's yeah. not the one with the hole in the it's armor. It's not all busted so. anymore. Yeah. Garrus, for yeah. sure. I think it still has a hole, though. Like even though it got shattered, like his new armor, I'm pretty sure still has the damage marks on it. Oh, does it really? Uh, I'm I think sure, that yeah. there's like a third outfit for Garrus. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh, it was a DLC one. It, if you bought later on, yeah. it got rid of it. Yeah, and then Legion doesn't really get new gear. He just gets a different paint job on his chassis, mm. uh, <laughs> I guess is what you'd call it. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Thane gets a cool outfit. His is like a little bit more badass plus sunglasses. <laughs> yes, which makes it even cooler. I mean, everything's cooler with sunglasses. Jack gets a cyberpunk visor. Cyberpunk visor? You can't go wrong with that. And a shirt. And, she actually and a gets shirt. Clothes this time. Right. I mean, it's got to be cold on the Normandy. In the vacuum of space. Right. <laughs> right. And she lives and she lives like in the bottom floor, right? She lives down in like the, the hold. Yeah. So all the heat probably goes. Well, I guess there's no up in space. But in my head, there's so freaking gravity, though. Right. So the heat would still go up. To the top decks. She's right by yeah. the core, though, like the Evo core. Do, does it radiate heat? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know if it really. If all the heat goes up, does that mean like Shepard's room is like a fucking boiling hot thing? Unless Shepard's heat oh, is the, is, is set for good temperature, and everything as it goes down gets colder and colder, right? And then it's got to be freezing down there, and you're walking around with like basically suspenders covering your nipples, like it's got. She's got to be cold all the time. Shepard's and, cabin's only boiling hot when he's in the bathroom for an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> that's what you're doing in the bathroom for an hour and a half is you're just heating everything up. He's just vacuuming the bathroom. He's just cleaning it up. Just cleaning. He's just cleaning for it. It's just, um, ex just extensive cleaning. You know, I have a, a fun question that we can just go down the line and answer real quick because it looks like we're running out of time here. But I do want to know, because it is Halloween. Mm -hmm. Happy Halloween, everyone. If you had to pick one Mass Effect squad mate to dress up as for Halloween. Jack. Who would it be? <laughs> Not Jack. I was going to say Jack. <laughs> because you save money on material? <laughs>
<laughs> it's an easy one. You just, you know, get some suspenders some and suspenders. <laughs> and then that's it. Um Okay, so like like if you if like making the costume wasn't a problem, if you if you were just right. like could you magic up a costume and just put it on. Let's say that let's say that you could buy a high quality costume for each mm. of these for like five bucks. So it's not a big problem. Or someone just could just give you a costume, right? You know, you just be like, right. oh, awesome, cool. Um all right, let's just go around. Let's go around the room. Let's go backwards. Sovereign? Oh, why do you have to start with me? Because I'm going backwards. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I'm still thinking here. Uh, why do you get pressure me? I don't know. Legion, maybe? Oh, that'd be cool. Okay, yeah, a, a, yeah, I'm going to go Legion. Caution. All right, we got Legion. All right, Blunter? Uh, yeah, I was going to say Legion as well. That'd be really cool. Two Legions. All right. <laughs> Teacup? We're not sharing. I think I'm going to go with James because I want to see what it's like to be that buff. Ooh, ooh! Are, are these like foam muscles? Yeah, I guess. I nice. Don't know. You're like a foam muscle suit. You're like, look at me. It's, it's the blow up muscles from that uh, episode of SpongeBob. Nice. All right, <laughs> all right. I like it. I like it. Vervada. Um, I want to dress up as Rex because I want someone to be afraid of me for once in my life. I am such a tiny, timid thing, so I want Aww. to be feared. Aww. Would you be in a suit that you're walking on something yeah, that I raises want, you like, up stilts. taller on stilts? Or would you be at yeah. the bottom of the suit with like a periscope that looks up through Rex's eyes? No, I want to be tall too. Cause okay. I'm also short. Got it. I'm a hobbit. Got it. So you'd be like stomping around. Got it. Cool. 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 I want to go with James. Guy's got a pretty nice butt. I want that butt. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Again, is it what's the butt made out of? Is it foam? Is it like blow up? Is it? I don't know. Buns man. Of I, steel. Just, I, just, I buns of steel. I'm just gonna put steel right in my butt. Right in your butt. Cool. All right, uh, Lena. Saying duh. <laughs> yes, uh, that would be badass. I like that. Nice. Idea. I like that idea. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sam. So, uh, I was going to say Thane, but since Lena said it, I'm going to think of another one. I wish there was an Elcor squad mate. That'd be super dope. Uh, however, I think I'd have to go with Miranda because, because of the free drinks. (laughs) Like I would get so many free drinks. (laughs) It would be great. in a Miranda suit. Danny DeVolis? <laughs> I, th- I think, you know, I think more people would probably pay me not to wear a cat suit than to wear a cat suit. I don't know, man. Like Miranda. I don't know, man. I've heard, I've heard you've got a butt for it, so. <laughs> yeah, um, the extranet is just a blaze about that. <laughs> All right. Who would I go as? Uh, if this, I mean, if this suit is possible, it'd be really cool to go as Morden. <laughs> if it's possible. I don't know how you make that suit work. But that would be crazy. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be really yeah. neat. Well, there are a lot of different options, and I see Danny Devolis in chat. Mm-hmm. Danny Devolis. Uh, I, if I could go as a Volus, I totally would. What if we could go? What if all of us could go as different bands that we've made up? Darwin's Finches. Darwin's Finches and like all the other ones. The Soul System. Yeah, the, like I have the t-shirt. We just go as all the different bands on the different on the shirt. That is up on the Robots Radio store. You can get to it going to robotsradio.net slash store. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, I think I'll do that. <laughs> 
Well, guys, this has been a super fun episode. Thank you for joining us again. And um, thank you, uh, especially for supporting the the podcast. We, uh, we very, very much appreciate it. And for taking the time to join us on a holiday for being here. Hope you had a wonderful Halloween and will be able to join us again next month. And let's go back through everybody and just feel free to share anything that you are working on, any projects you have. And uh, if you don't have anything like that, share. You can just share how people can get a hold of you, social media, or you can even just say, hey, reach out to me on the Robots Radio Discord. Um, let's go back through. Lena? Yeah, you can text me on the Discord Discord under Lena or Trentletier. All right. Awesome. And who the fool? Uh, you can find me on the Discord or here on Twitch, uh, who the fool? Same as my username on Discord. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Go drop him a follow on Twitch. Do you stream? Is that, is that what you've been doing? Yeah. I've been streaming a lot lately. Awesome. Yeah. Go drop him a follow on Twitch. And then Vervada. Hi. Yep. I'm Vervada. I'm on the discord and also Genesis. And I have just started a podcast with the robots radio network called two girls, one ship about video game romances and analyzing them. Our first episode drops next Sunday on N seven day awesome and what is it going to be about what character are you talking about oh we're going to start with our all favorite girl liara because she is amazing and we want to start with a bang yep and you guys have your episode zero up already so people can go ahead and look you up on whatever podcatcher you're listening to this on so go ahead and look up the first episode zero and subscribe and then you'll be ready for when episode one comes out on n7 day so Awesome. Yeah. Super excited. They're, they're new on the robots radio rocket club. They're part of our group and we're all very excited to have them launching their show on, on the robots radio rocket club. So that's super fun. So good luck with all of that. That's awesome. Then we Thanks, have, Tom. yeah. Then we have teacup. Yeah. I'm on the discord Teacup 92. I also co-host the dragon age lore cast, which you can catch on whatever catcher you're listening to this on. Yep. Also part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club. Yeah. Woohoo. Very cool. Yeah. Go look them up as well. If you want some more, if you love Dragon Age and want some Dragon Age lore. Yeah. Yay. And then we have Blunter. Yeah. I mean, you can just uh, reach me on the Discord too at, uh, at Blunter. Nice. Awesome. And then Sovereign. I don't have much going on, but uh, all my hate mail, you can reach me on the Discord at N7Legend. Nice. Yeah. Be sure to um, send the hate mail. Any hate mail you get for this show, you can also send there. Yep. Absolutely. That's that's where it all goes. I read every letter, so don't don't hesitate to send it. Yep, right. Right there. Right to him. And um, <laughs> Sam, you got anything cool going on? Anything you want to share, buddy? Well, I'm expecting a lot of hate mail. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, so my buddy uh, that I mentioned last week, my buddy uh, from out of town, he has gone back home. Sadly, it was very nice having him here, uh, but that does mean that I will be streaming more now. Um, so I will be resuming my streams this week, and I think Lena might be particularly interested to know that I've played a lot more Cyberpunk and i'm Ooh. planning on streaming some more cyberpunk uh i think my pc can handle it just fine well i might have to play around with the output settings a little bit but we'll see um but yeah i finally made it past the um 
name and title screen you know cyberpunk 2077 played a couple hours after that uh i i have no idea how to feel about johnny silverhand right now you Uh know uh Uh at this point i have no idea how to feel about him um but it's very intriguing and it's like man i'm dying and all this stuff i don't know it's it's awesome the streams are going to be fun this is my first time playing through the game uh so if you'd like some genuine reaction to some of cyberpunk's uh you know uh crazy moments uh and glitches because i have run into a few more of those then go ahead and follow me at twi- on twitch at n7 the legend uh you can also find me on pretty much every other thing if i have an account there it's at n7 the legend on twitter too uh and i won't be just streaming cyberpunk but of course i'm going to be trying to stream a lot more mass effect as well and completing my mass effect uh three playthrough which i streamed on xbox so i'm going to try and do that with a webcam if possible if not i'm just going to push through cool cool well good luck with that that sounds awesome i just uh sent you a shout out on the on the chat so uh if you're hanging out in chat, go drop them a follow and check that out. Um, I'm streaming every morning on twitch.tv. Nope. Nope. Psych. You guys haven't heard a psych joke in a long time, have you? Um, I've now moved it over. My game streams, these streams, the podcast streams, still on Twitch. Game streams, I'm moving over to YouTube. Changing it up a little bit. Going to be streaming my game streams in the mornings every weekday starting around 830 Eastern over on the YouTube Robots Radio channel for the live streams. And there's a lot of good reasons why I'm doing it. Um, one, no advertising. They're not going to run ads when you get into the channel. There's lots of other good reasons. I'm not going to go into it now. But the big fun news is, starting tomorrow morning, my game streams are going to be over there. And at 10 a.m. tomorrow, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. We're going to be designing a shirt with the live stream together on stream. You guys are going to design the shirt and I'm going to be doing the designing, but you're going to be telling me what to put on it and where to do it and how to do it. And then we're going to pick a winner who's going to get the shirt and the shirt is going to go up on the Robots Radio store. And I have no freaking clue what this is going to look like. And it's going to be amazing. And somebody's going to get it for real and going to be able to wear it around. And if it's absolutely terrible, then it's going to be amazing. And if it looks beautiful, then it's going to be amazing. And we're just going to have to see where it goes. Uh, Other than that, we're also going to be playing games. I've been playing a lot of Back for Blood and a bunch of other stuff. It's going to be super fun. So uh, I will be posting reminders and notifications other places, but it's the Robots Radio YouTube channel. You can just search it. It comes up pretty easy. And um, there will be a little notification here on Twitch. Don't tell Twitch that I'm doing it, but it's still going to be a little notification. So if you don't remember, there'll be a little advertisement and just kind of run and streaming over here on this channel that says, go over to YouTube. It's over there now. So come hang out with me. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but that's what I've got going on. Otherwise, lots of shows, lots of robots, radio rocket club shows. Go check them all out. Robotsradio.net. And thanks again for being here. Everybody have a wonderful week. We'll see you same time next week. Until then, stay safe out in that galaxy. It's a crazy place full of lots of loyalty missions, and not all of them are created equally. See you again next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast, or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. 
Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amaranth. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey there, my name's Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of the DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.